Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. Stacey Blackwood, who uh, has been a multi-time guest on AYS, covers the Alabama Crimson Tide, joins us at 7.30. We'll discuss a lot of things about him, about Alabama. We will learn about the Tigers' opponent. I'm sure a lot of you already know about them but will be good to get with Stacy in reference to the team that he covers what will that look like we'll go by the numbers here tonight as we do every Wednesday throughout the football season I know we did this last week but it's updated because both teams had a bye by the numbers are different this week because LSU obviously or Alabama moved up and down a little bit, not much, not just ever a little bit so slightly, but there are some areas if you're Alabama that you do need to be concerned about. We will talk about that. Take the A off the helmet. Let's look at them as a football team, which sometimes you can't take that A off because you're playing, I say you're playing, but the human emotion is still involved in this, going to to play for winning the West. So many things that we need to talk about. Does the LSU Tigers get that three-way tie uh, for the SEC West? We'll talk about that here tonight. Jalen Cook. All right. If you hadn't heard, LSU guard Jalen Cook, who was on the team before, went to Tulane, comes back, uh, was ruled in de- ruled today by the NCAA uh, for, or was denied by the NCAA, I should say, in reference to his second technical transfer is what they're calling it. He has been deemed ineligible this year. I will tell you why that's absolute horse manure. You literally just had to do it with Tez Walker at the NCAA. You literally just had to do this for a wide receiver at UNC. What are you doing? I know a lot of people at this point just want Power 5 teams to get away from the NCAA. That's not how it works, especially not in basketball how it works because the national title game, the basketball tournament is run by the NCAA. There's not a lot you can do if you're the basketball team in Jalen Cook right now. Coach McMahon and company issued a statement that they have given over to the NCAA more uh, 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 information. (sighs) Why do we got to be talking about this? This is so stupid. God, this is so stupid. I don't like talking about this shit during football season. Nevertheless, uh, Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, why they hired a politician 
He's done nothing. Because he's done nothing. He's an imbecile. Like, can we for once hire a sports guy? Please. Shit. Why does this have to be so difficult? Why? I don't know. I I, I just, I, I don't know anymore, man. I, I really don't. We'll talk about that here tonight as well. I just did this on Rafino and Joe show, but if you didn't catch it, we'll do it again. I'll give you my week 10 picks as well. Brian Kelly gives a midweek update. We'll touch on that too because he had a lot that he had to say, a lot of good things that he had to say. Talked about uh, Jane Daniels, Jordan Jefferson, uh, gave some updates, so we'll break that down uh, as well. The first comment is also our first super chat of the night. Michael Morse says, Spring Hill, Louisiana, 71075, giving the zip codes again. Crying face, crying face, 318. Yes, people were in here in here last night giving their zip codes and Michael is uh poking fun at it which I love <laughs> good one how, Michael how long have you been uh waiting to use that one today I, I I feel like you've been waiting to use that one good to have you in here good good man uh the 31831 gate great standing up and standing out here uh black mamba ram with a 199 super chat says port allen 225 in the house buck fama let's go good to have you in here black mama ram i like that ram truck i also myself am a ram owner and could not be more happier with the vehicle of my choosing uh ram trucks are awesome they are awesome good to have you in here my man thank you for the super chat where are you watching us from tonight yes 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 where are you watching us from tonight triple oz 10 on youtube says 337 church point louisiana 337 is in the building bill says the 713 h town i would assume he means houston Perry Dillahouse is out in Denham Springs. Our good friend Stephen Fry is in the building. He said, Blake, they ain't going to be catching me slipping today. Not today. He said, I'm in this bit early. Good to have you in here, my good friend. And always, our good friends over at Fry Construction, they're out there in Eunice. You go give them a call. You let them know Blake sent you on by. There's no telling what the fry man will do. <laughs> oil and gas services, dirt work. Dude, they do it all. And I know all of you out there in the 337 need a little dirt work done. I know all of you do. The 337, stand up. Natasha Brown says, let's go. And 817 Funky Town. The Fort and Fort Worth, Texas. Good to have you in here. Kobe Allen's in Starkville, 662. Go Tigers. Stark Vegas is in the building. <laughs> Michael says, I've been waiting to send that super chat all day since I watched the show last night. That is that is amazing. That is amazing. Blaine Smith. Good to see you in here, Blaine. Uh, Gerard Guillory says the 70535. Y'all going to have to stop with these zip codes, man. Y'all going to have to stop with these zip codes. That's Eunice. I just looked it up. 70535 is Eunice. Ha ha. I feel like I, I feel like I want to do, but this is no, like I'm not saying this to whoever just put that up there. I feel like Dan, gotcha, bitch. You know, like the Chappelle, the Chappelle sketch. Uh, sketch. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> uh, Travi Dyson says, Hammond, actually in Ponchatoula. All right, good to have you here. Paul's Hub is in Mobile Bay in the 251. Good to have you with us. Uh, Tyler McIntosh, Nork Folk, Virginia, 757. Chris is in the 570. Memphis, Tennessee is also in the building. More people from the 337. 
Uh, Judson says the 39661 Roxy, Mississippi. So we got people from all over the country in this hoe. We got people in the East Coast. We got people in the West Coast. We got people up North. We got people down South. All LSU fans ready to talk about this week's game versus Alabama. <laughs> Mattery also in the building in the 504. Good for all of you people in the good city of Metry. Good that you are here with us. All right. We got a lot to discuss. By the numbers, Rafino's Ranch, Jalen Cook, uh, BK gives updates. Stacy Blackwood joins us. It's going to be a good show. Going to be a very, very good show. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline. Dot AG, our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. Don't go anywhere. We're back next. So much on this fine, fine, very cool and breezy Wednesday. I love me the cold weather. It means fall. We'll talk to you all next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. We're back. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Texas, um, they got Kansas State this week. Um, paper pop. Um, that game's going to be really interesting to me because I do not know if Malik Murphy is ready. So speaking of, we're back in Texas. We'll see. All right. So listen, we uh, we don't have really a lot of time to waste because we got so much we got to cover before Stacy joins us. If you missed it today, the NCAA or LSU announced that they had received word from the NCAA that LSU guard Jalen Cook would not be eligible to play this year because of a two-time transfer rule. You're asking yourself the question, can you give us a little bit more details? Maybe you missed it, whatever. Jalen Cook was at LSU, goes to Tulane, comes back. Should be no harm, no foul. Here's why. And why I got a problem with the NCAA. You literally gave LSU three level five uh, 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 notices of allegation. When that happens, players are deemed to transfer without incident to a school of their choosing when something like that happens. Will Wade was fired over it. Should not count against him. That's your ruling, not mine. Like, you have come out and made that precedent known. So, whether it be COVID or whatever the reasonings of why you've given exemptions in the past, some of them were rightfully so because of the simple nature of, man, maybe someone's family member sick, whatever it may be. You can't investigate a program's team and a kid be on that team, get fired, moves on, all this chaos that's around, and then all of a sudden a kid comes back after you gave some bullshit notice of allegations, gave LSU really not that much punishment because the truth was everything in the Pat Forty and the HBO documentary 
Some of it was just dog shit. Here we are. Right? Here we are. So let me just go ahead and and say it how it is. The NCAA needs to be abolished. Now, the... I say that with saying this too, okay? Do I think that they need to be abolished fully or the principle of them? No. What do I mean? You still need a governing body, right? Like, you still need that governing body that when a team is breaking rules, they can come down and and give penalties. The thought process of the NCAA is not the problem that I have because you do need rule and and law and order. I'm not saying that you don't. But if, if college athletics has any chance, like any chance whatsoever, they need to hire commissioners in the big four. I'll even throw the big five. If you want to put both basketball, men's and women's, baseball, I think you need one, football, name another one. Name a fifth one. I don't know what it is, but if there's another massive softball, I I don't know. But you need to have governing bodies or heads, pause, but someone who is over all of them. Because situations are always different. And I do think that a commissioner, their number one goal, their number one goal is to make sure that the sport that they are in prospers. Always. It's why Roger Goodell turns a blind eye to some things. And gives penalties for others that may be too harshly. Right? He kind of wants to stick it to Brady. He does it, but it doesn't really matter. You know what Roger Goodell has done. Deflate gate. Spy gate. The pass interference rule that he was against. But you know what Roger Goodell always does? He wants to see his... NFL prosper because it means more money for him. It means more money for the owners. It means more money for everybody. The NCAA is a joke. And it's been a joke. There's a reason why college football made their own playoff and didn't involve you in it is because you're ass. And then the problem that I also have with that is is that then you thought when Mark Emmert, who I honestly believed would be a good president because he was an LSU guy, not saying that he'd give favoritism, but he knows the sports. He's been in the SEC. He knows what it's about, and he was cheeks. Now, the truth is, I don't think that Mark Emmert could have stopped NIL. Because that was a lawsuit. That's out of Mark Emmert's hands. He can't control EA Sports NCAA. I don't blame him for NIL. He was never going to stop it. And guys, quite honestly, what can he have done? Because the federal government and all the schools and all the conferences, nobody can agree on it. Nobody. We thought Mark Emmert would. And by the way, it was a civil lawsuit that went to the Supreme Court. They lost. But you got a guy in one thing that you can control, okay, to some extent, is the portal. You're trying to get law and order back because no one believes that what you're doing is worth a shit. So you're penalizing kids. You're penalizing teams. Right? And you say to yourself that you're doing it for the good. You're doing it for the the righteous. You're doing it for the mighty. No, you're doing it because you're a dumb piece of shit. That's why you're doing it. 
So to Jalen Cook, I do hope that you get your waiver. You do not deserve to have to sit out. We it, it, This would be one thing if Tez Walker never existed, but Tez Walker was almost, almost in the same exact situation of a two-transfer rule, and you just let him play after public out, outcry. So really and truthfully, what needs to happen is that all of you need to go to Facebook. All of you need to go to Twitter and start doing the hashtag. You can tag us in it. I'll retweet it. Free, hashtag free Jalen Cook. Because if enough public pressure is put on them, what have we learned? They will fall. Just like any government. Just like the president charlie baker when he's asked a tough question and he doesn't know the answer to because he's not a sports guy all i wanted to do tonight was to come out and talk football during bama week but because of charlie baker's incompetence what takes so long too by the way what what takes so long y'all the ins my my meemaw told me one time, I got a picture of my meemaw right here. Here's my meemaw and me when I was a kid, okay? My meemaw told me a lot of great things and life lessons. But you know what the number one life lesson that she taught me was? She said, son, there are not a lot of things that move slower than the DMV. The NCAA is one of them. Mimo was right. Mimo's always right. Mimo was always right. NCAA is trash. They have always been trash. We got so much we need to get into. I will. So I'm going to push by the numbers since we actually did that last week. I'm going to push that back until after Stacy joins us, because Stacy Blackwood, who covers Alabama, will be in our will be here in about six minutes. But I do want to talk about. Uh, this Brian Kelly interview today. So Brian Kelly every Wednesday does his does the SEC teleconference, and I really do think it's it's the best time of the week for Brian Kelly to be real with you, to be able to talk to him and ask him questions because it's not the local media. There's a lot of people that are in the teleconference. A lot of great questions come from it. Brian Kelly was asked today, so this was one of the best things because he said this a couple times, but he kind of made it known. To the public, Brian Kelly was asked about, hey, coach, would there not be any divisions uh, in the SEC anymore? What are your thoughts on playing Alabama every year? And Brian Kelly said, with the new schedule changes and there being no divisions, he and Scott Woodward see eye-to-eye and that they have some say on the teams that they want to face every year. Par Greg Sankey and LSU and Alabama always needs to remain on the schedule, and I agree with him. Until the day, until the day that Saban retires. Now, the question that I've gotten from a lot of you guys this week is, Blake, is it still a rivalry? Because, I mean, it's been so long since, you know, Saban's been here. And the reason you feel that way is because you're winning, right? Like, you're 2-2 two and two against Alabama in the last four years. Five, yeah, four years, five years, whatever. Yeah, 2-2. Two and two. Two and two in the last five years, you're about to go see who wins this tiebreaker, who takes the lead in this tiebreaker. When you went eight straight without beating them, you were sick of Saban. You hated Saban. This was a big rivalry game. You got the pit in your stomach like, man, we just can't beat him. And then you got the pit in your stomach like, man, this is the best team that we've had that could go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama with Joe Burrow at 19. They did it. Then last year, here comes a kid named Jane Daniels who did it himself. By the way... There's this stat floating around. Um, as a starter, the last quarterback to beat Nick Saban in back-to-back seasons is not Drew Brees. Okay? I know that LSU football posted this, and I did too. I said, let's go, Drew, and I retweeted it and all. Our buddy Cruz is the one that tweeted it. But he said, Cruz said he works for Barstool, um, 
said that the last quarterback to beat Nick Saban in back-to-back seasons was Drew Brees. It's not. It's Rex Grossman. As a starter, the last quarterback to play in a game that has beaten Saban in back-to-back years was none other than Jordan Jefferson. So, Jane has a rare chance to do something that hardly nobody does. You'd have, as a starter, you'd have to go all the way back to 2000, 2001 Rex Grossman when the Florida Gators just steamrolled LSU in, in 2001. Grossman had 460-something yards in that game, five touchdowns. I actually was, I, if I'm not mistaken, was there at that game. Um, nevertheless, very rare air. Brian Kelly was also asked about the, you know, replacements of Kai Wingo on the SEC teleconference. Uh, Brian Kelly said that Jordan Jefferson has been very technical in everything that he does. He's been very solid and is one of the strongest players on the team. Listen to this. Jordan Jefferson benches around 520 to 540 and squats over 600. Brian Kelly also said that he is playing outright to his full potential. Jordan Jefferson is a guy, for me, speaking of Jordan Jefferson, who's been the last quarterback to beat him back-to-back, now you got another guy that's on the team that's named Jordan Jefferson, too. Maybe that's the key. Jordan Jefferson's going to get a start this week at defensive tackle, not the one you're thinking of. I, he's been your best interior D lineman all year. Like, Brian Kelly walked back his statement today and said that, you know, because he had said on Monday that Jordan Jefferson had been his best interior defensive tackle. He's walking that back because he doesn't want to, like, put strain on Makai Wingo and Mason Smith. But he has been. You, you know that he has been. All that being said, like all of that being said, I still do believe that he can have the potential of a really big and breakout game. And I'm glad to see that Brian Kelly really does like him being in that starting role. But we'll see. Uh, Brian Kelly also probably the biggest news of the day and kind of something that we talked about a little bit last night was that he said that the structure of the defense will not change if Harold Perkins spies on uh, Jalen Milrow. Wilson Alexander had the question. The structure doesn't have to change. The cause will. Look, again, I I will say this until I'm blue in the face. But if you do not change things up on Milrow a lot, you can't run out there giving him the same looks. You you just cannot do it. You got to confuse the absolute Rudy Poo out of him. Please, sweet baby Jesus above, Give him something he is not ready for, okay? Corner blitzes, safety blitzes. Hell, as we just got done talking about Meemaw, Meemaw told me that the best thing to do against Jalen Milrow, she told me this 10 years ago, was sending backside pressure, backside blitzes with Perkins that will be in that slot on Proctor. And she's going to be right. Meemaw is always right. It's going to be a good one. I will add. I heard I had a little birdie text me today. I did that's our breaking news. Um but here are some sources, some big sources. I heard that this week for LSU practice wise, now we don't get to go to practices during the year. But I always call to get some updates. Always call up to that building. Locked in was the word that I heard. That was the word that I heard. Chris says, stop. Chris, you do realize that me and Pate are pretty close. Both can have a meemaw. <laughs> Oh, man. I can't even have a picture of my Meemaw. So, I guess, like, if anybody says Meemaw, like, you got guys like Chris Medler, who doesn't know what he's talking about. He was literally in our Rafino and Joe show on Sunday. In the chat. 
People, man. Uh, okay. I think we got guys. We got Stacy. Okay. All right. We. Do. He's having some having severe technical difficulties. Okay. Um. Let's see. We'll get to a couple comments then. And Stacy, just when you're ready, let us know. We'll go. We'll go to a break. Anthony says three one eight Port City LSU. Good to have you in here, my man. Good to have you in here. Bo Jacks says Bama fans think they're going to hold LSU to under twenty. <sighs> yeah. I don't know about that. Black Mama Ram says, appreciate you, brother, with a $9.99 Super Chat. Says, it's a race truck. It's time I introduce myself. Um, this The name is Cody. Okay. Bama is 132nd in sack rate. What's your prediction on how many times we can get to him? Good to have you in here, Cody. Black Mama Ram. Thank you for being here with us. How many times do I think, Cody, that they can get to Jalen Milrow? I think that they can get to him three or four times. Like, I, I, I do think, and thank you so much, Cody, for the super chat. Um, I do think that they can get to him three or four times. Um, my break or my watch out player, we talked about this last night. And so I want um expend very long amount of time on it. Um, I think Braden Swenson has the potential to have a big game. Proctor has been the probably the biggest issue for them on the offensive front. And if he is the massive uh, chink in that armor for them on that O-line, I do not put Ovia Gofu on him. Like, I tell Ovi, look, we love you. We're going to bring you in on some rundowns to spell Brayden Swenson. But nevertheless, I, I am, I'm putting Swenson on Proctor. Proctor has had an issue with speed. He's had an issue with dudes around the edge. And just to mess with Chris, Meemaw, regardless, regardless, I do think that he's the dude that could get you one or two. Like, if we look up in this game and see that Braden Swenson had like three hurries and a, a sack and a half, I, I would not be shocked. He needs to have one of those breakout games. Like he needs to have a breakout game. So if he does, you're going to be sitting pretty in a pretty good spot, man. A really, really, really good spot. Michael says, JP is either the youngest-looking 50-year-old I've seen or the oldest-looking 29-year-old. He's more on the 29 side. Not sure which one. I'll have I'll send him $5. But, yeah, he was in our Rafino and Joe show the other night. Good to have Josh in there. Good to have Josh in there. Speak of the devil. Thank you, Michael, for the super chat. I do not know what's going on with Stacy. He said he was having some technical issues, so we will wait for him uh, to get in. We will wait to him get in. Let's see, Chris, stop. Colton Landers says, "Ask Blake. In my opinion, the running backs need to get going." Um, or Carlton, excuse me, Carlton. They. I, I, They've run for 213 yards a game. They're top 12 rushing attack in the country while being the number one passing attack in the country. If Are you saying that they don't need to – are you saying they need to get going because they hadn't been, or are you saying they need to get going to win? I do think I get what you're saying, okay, in reference to – um. Hmm. 
if that is one of your keys to victory, the reason I'm thinking is because if that's one of your keys to victory, I don't disagree. Now, we'll give you our keys to victory tomorrow, which is going to be epic. Going to be epic. All right, uh, Stacy said he's good now, so let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at uh, the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Let's talk about our good friend Carol Falls over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. We talk more Alabama. We do that next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirement. <laughs> Stacy Blackwood, our good man, the editor for Roll Tide Wire. Been a minute, my good man. How's it been going? How's the family treating you? Oh, man, everything's great. Good to be with you, Blake. Excited to talk about this game. Ah, uh, man, this is the game I look forward to. I mean, really most, uh, you know, I'll, since Saban's been in Alabama, you know, Tennessee hasn't really been relevant. And I know they got the best of us last year, but, you know, Auburn hasn't, you know, they've had a couple good years, but LSU's been that rival since Saban's been in Alabama. So this game uh, means a little something extra to the, the folks in Alabama. It normally, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because the true Bama fans, the true ones, I know Auburn's a big one. I know that Auburn is the in-state, you know, little brother. I get it to Alabama fans. Like you mentioned, this feels, Stacy, at least to me, like the one that has meant the most, the biggest rival, as you mentioned. Yeah. But you know what's interesting? Outside of 20 and 2021, this game feels back. You know, like this game, unlike Texas, I guess maybe they could be back, but it feels like it's back. Let's get into it. What do you think about this game? What is some of the things when you look at this matchup that intrigue you the most? Well, it, it's obvious that it's LSU's offense against Alabama's defense. It's strength on strength. Uh, Jaden Daniels is is the best quarterback in the country right now. Look, I, I don't know that he'll be the best pro out of the guys in college right now, but he's the best college quarterback in the country. I, I don't even think there's an argument in my opinion. I mean, he is carrying this LSU team. I, I think they, you know, I heard somebody at Carlton bring up the running game. They got an underrated rushing attack as well. Logan Diggs is a good back. Right. They got, you know, Jaden Daniels is a capable runner. So the, the, the passing attack with, with Daniels and neighbors and Thompson kind of gets all the attention, but their ability to kind of be balanced and rush for over 200 yards a game is, is really what kind of keeps them going and keeps the defense honest and allows those big plays to happen in the passing game. So it's it's that LSU off against offense against Alabama's defense who really seems to be finding, you know, who they are. Uh, they, they were a little banged up really after the first game of the season in the back end. They're starting to get a little healthier now, and and they're, they're playing really well on that side of the ball. Look, I, everybody wants to tune in this game because of it being LSU and Alabama. But the truth is, is what you just talked about, it being, Stacy, the real, a really good defense, a really good offense squaring off. And you know what's crazy about this is normally, okay, it would be Alabama has a better offense and LSU has a really good secondary defense. It's kind of flip-flop. Now, I don't know if Bama would be – 
It's kind of just the opposite of last year. You got Bryce Young, this high-flying offense, 42 points a game. They're coming in here, top five offense. And you know what's f- former Heisman Trophy winner? And it kind of feel like it flip-flops here. My question ultimately comes is from an Alabama fan's perspective, if this game gets in a shootout, are you a little worried as a fan if you're Alabama? No. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm I'm not sure. Look, Milrow and the offense have, have obviously made some improvement throughout the season, but they're not they're not ready for a shootout. They're they're not consistent enough on that side of the ball. For, you know, and it starts up front. They they have some lapses up front on the offensive line and pass protection. You know, Milrow is still learning to play the position and, and lead the offense. So the rushing attack is not as consistent as it should be. So yeah, I I think if it's a shootout, if it gets above I would say 35 to 38 points, then I would lean heavily towards LSU winning that game. Let's take it on the opposite side. This defense is really good. Look, I think this secondary is highly underrated. I think the Arnold kid is really underrated Yeah. in that secondary. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Downs, everybody knows about them. What intrigues you about this this Alabama defense that maybe they can, I don't want to say stop, but slow down this LSU attack offensively? Well, they do have a really good pass rush. I mean, they're, they're in the deep interior of the defensive line, I think this season is much improved than what we've seen the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think Tim Keenan, Justin Aboyby, uh Tim Smith, Jaheim Otis, they're all playing really good football right now. And that's allowed guys like Braswell and Dallas Turner to kind of feast on the edge there and win some one-on-one matchups that they hadn't been getting the last couple of years. So I think the interior defensive line is playing really well. And that has allowed the versatility of the back end of that defense to kind of shine because, you know, Malachi Moore is a veteran player who's played a lot of football in the SEC. He can play corner. He can play star. He can play safety. Caleb Downs gets moved around a good bit. Teron Arnold's even played some star and some corner. So there's a lot of versatility back there. And there's really about six to seven guys that it, that are playing a lot of first-team reps for Alabama. Right. And there's really not there's really not a drop-off when somebody comes off the field. So I think the depth and versatility of that back end is really creating a lot of problems for opponents. And, and look, like you mentioned, it's going to be key because you're not going to stop Jane Daniels in this offense. You're just not. I mean, they're too talented. They're too they're too experienced neighbors and thomas are the best wide receiver duo in the country so i mean they're both on pace to go for 1200 plus yards <laughs> and double digit touchdowns right. i mean you're not gonna stop them so you, your your hope is is to me if you're album's defense is you you slow down lsu's running game enough that i don't want to say you make them one-dimensional because that is i mean they're, they're a great passing offense but don't let them run on you you can't let them pass it and run on you so you have to take away something and to me, if Alabama can slow down the LSU running game and not allow them to, to you know, get in a lot of third and mediums or third and shorts, then then I think they'll be in a little bit better position to win because I do like the versatility uh, of the Alabama secondary. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're capable of making plays and creating turnovers. So that's a really good point, Stacey, that I didn't really think about. Now I'm, now I'm a little intrigued by – I'm going to deviate off my next question – how do you think LSU attacks them then? If you're LSU, how would you attack Alabama then? Because that's an interesting point you just bring up. Like, hey, man, because, Stacey, I'll be real with you. I thought the opposite would have come, and you would have said, hey, man, don't let LSU just throw it all over the place. Let them, If they're going to do it, let them try to mark, like beat us up front. But you come yeah. in here with the opposite, and I think it's really intriguing – why can you just continue to go yeah. down that a little bit more on that? When I think of this game, it reminds me of last year's Alabama Tennessee game. Look, that the Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt connection was obviously huge in that game. But what won that game from Tennessee is their ability to run the ball on first and second down and create very manageable third down situations for Hooker. They didn't know if they were going to run or pass. And, and it caught Alabama off guard, and they could not recover. And, of course, you know, DeMarco Hellams got exposed in that game, and, and, and you know, Pete Golden really had no adjustments. So, but it was Tennessee's ability to run the football consistently in that game is what, is what led to Alabama really just play. They, they were on their heels the entire contest. One thing that I, I said last night, Stacy, that I don't think a lot of LSU fans agree with me, but I'm going to continue to say it. Jane's going to have to run the ball 15 times, 15 to 17 times. Like, look, if if Milton can get to the outside, he mm-hmm. can. You know, like, look, mm-hmm. 
I get you don't want him running that much that puts him in harm's way. But like you talked about last year, Jane yep. Daniels' ability to be – like the big run, uh, The what was it? I, Saban even talked about it, the 25-yard run in, in overtime. Like, look, man, Dallas Turner's not slow, but he's right. just – you know, he's fast. I, I do agree with you because my key to victory – so I, I give them on – I don't like divulging them before Thursday, but I've said it all week. I somewhat agree with you. Like, hey, man, if Jane takes off here, you've got a really good chance. Like, if he goes for 280 and 105 yards on the ground, I think you oh. win, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. One thing that I want to flip the script here because LSU's defense is not that good, okay? <laughs> and I do think that Alabama can get some yards on them. But I do think – Stacy, tell me if I'm wrong here. When I watch Alabama, I feel like this. The first half, they – offensively they just look blah but man i watched this team in the second half we the me and the team got done watching the film against tennessee on sunday night and i'm like who the shit is that team in the second half has that just been alabama all year in the second half the offense just gets rolling after adjustments it, it it really is. It's almost like in the first half, they're they're feeling out how the defense is going to play them, and then they get in the locker room at halftime. Is like, all right, this is what we're going to do in the second half because this is how they played us in the first thirty minutes. And you know whether that's what's happened or not, that's what it seems like from you know from the perspective of watching the game. And uh, you know a, a lot of it is that that Milrow is still he is still so green and look, he's, I think he has a lot of talent. He has a lot of natural ability, but he's learning the quarterback position and, and how to lead the team and how to kind of be that signal caller for the, for the offense. So it's, it's a pro it's a work in progress for him, but it, yeah, the album has definitely been a second half team offensively. And, and, and I think another side of that is, is Tommy Reese is, is also learning this offense. And because right. Nick Saban's talked about it. You don't come in and bring your offense to Tuscaloosa. You learn the Alabama offense when you come and take the offensive <laughs> coordinator job. Right. So, I mean, he's he's learning the offense and learning the personnel that he has, and trying to kind of gel with those guys and, and kind of create the best you know opportunities for, for those guys to be success, successful. And sometimes that takes to the second half of games to kind of see how those defenses are playing. Stacy, I had to take a step back this week because when we were watching Texas, okay, I'm like. Because, look, when Alabama goes down, and you know this, you cover the team, so you, you probably know it more than anybody, more than anybody in this chat or myself included. When Alabama goes down, logic leaves the, leaves the building, okay, <laughs> from all across the country. Yep. When Texas goes into Tuscaloosa and win, you, re, you forget that – Jermaine Burton had two touchdowns in that game that got called back on. So, and look, I, I, I don't like Bama as an LSU fan. You don't like LSU as a Bama fan. But I got to be real in saying that's some ticky-tack calls that those call, that those touchdowns got called back on. I'm not saying that this team should be undefeated, but they're a, hold, a proctor holding call away from being undefeated. Does that give Alabama fans hope? Like, hey, man, even in that loss, you had two touchdowns that were taken away. Maybe we can run the table here in the West and get into the SEC championship. Yeah, I think most fans, have, have, as they've watched the season progress, they've saw the team progress as well. And, you know, a lot of people forget Alabama took a lead into the fourth quarter against Texas. They had, right. they had, a, they had a lead. And that that defense was just gassed in this in that fourth quarter and couldn't get a stop and, and Texas just run it up on them and you know Milrow was not ready for that moment yet right and so I I think you know that's an early season game and I, I think in a lot of ways LSU and Alabama are kind of similar in that in that scenario they both had some early season losses or a loss that that people kind of write them off because of that right. and and look that that seems like ages ago now for both but you know LSU's losses and Alabama's losses. Neither one of these teams are the same teams they were in week two or, or even week five. Right. So uh, I think both teams should be confident and both fan bases should be confident, not only entering this matchup, but for the remainder of the season, because both these teams are capable of winning this game and going on to win the West. So I, I think from an Alabama fan's perspective, yes, logic obviously leaves the, the, the room when they take a loss. But 
I think over time they've kind of they've seen the improvement, especially offensively. I think they always felt the defense was going to be good once they you know got got some games under their belt and some chemistry built up. But I think as they see the progress the offense is making and that Milrow is making, uh, they're they're gaining a little more confidence in this team. What do you? How do you envision Alabama's offense versus this LSU defense that has been very suspect this year? Well, look, you you got to attack them in the running game. They they was it four point six yards yeah. per carry that they're, they're yeah. giving up. I, I, you yeah. have to be able to run the football if you're Alabama. Hey, in this three game. three weeks ago it was six point eight, <laughs> so it's gotten. I, I better. mean, that's yeah. You've Alabama's got to be able to run the ball in this game, or they have no shot. Because mm. if they can't run it on LSU, I don't know who they're going to run it on. I mean, not you know LSU's got some good players, but for whatever reason, it just this defense is not gelled this season. And you know, I don't know the program like you do. Maybe you have the answer to why the defense is having the struggles they're having. But yeah, it's a DC. Alabama, <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> I mean, you well, know. Anyway, but I, continue. I, I know that feeling. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you you see the turnaround Alabama's had, uh, you know, with Kevin Steele now, and but Alabama's got to be able to run the football. They need to design, excuse me, some runs for Jalen Milrow. You saw that a little bit in the second half against Tennessee. You saw some motion, some jet sweep to Kendrick Law in that game as well. So yeah. just just plays like that, some zone reach, QB powers, QB counters. Uh, just get Milrow involved in the running game. And, and you know what that does also is it shrinks, it shrinks the game some, keeps Jaden Daniels on the sidelines where he can't light you up uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So – they just got to be able to run the football. If they can run the football, that's going to give them the best chance to win. Is Milrow hurt, or was he hurt? There has been a lot of talk that he's uh, the week. I think it was the week before the A and M game, or the week after the A and M game. He he had a hamstring injury. Now that has not been officially confirmed by anybody that I really trust, but that has been something that circulated pretty pretty frequently uh, ever since about the A and M game. You think he can have another hamstring injury? <laughs> I mean, hey, man, we need him to have one. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, when you look at LSU defensively, is there one place that you think uh, Saban and Reese and everybody, what's the one area? I mean, I know corner because LSU yeah, has they, some guys out there. Do you think that's where they go first? I, I think they have to. I mean, you look at what Jermaine Burton and, and Isaiah Bond have been able to do, you know, especially deep down the field this season. Uh, I think you got to take your shots when you have them. If you're Alabama, especially with the, with the injuries that that LSU has had there in the back end, and that's just unfortunate. And not not just injuries, but you know other situations as well. But uh, I think Reese and, and and this offense have to attack that secondary for sure. Do you think? Well, see, because my thought is to your point, LSU's got as crazy as this sounds. Okay, I know this is nuts. I know LSU's rolling freshmen out there at the secondary. Stacy, I'm with you on the flip side of you got to let Bama run it on you. Don't make Milrow beat you from the pocket because yeah. I do think eventually he might make a mistake that could win you the football game. Like that that would be my thought. No doubt. And but I'm but but the problem with that is okay, <laughs> you're running a freshman in a first time start out there and you nobody's seen him play. That's the problem. Wow. So God, this is this is going to be a good one. Uh, uh, it's it's this this game right here has a chance to be the game of the season. I I agree. So that was across, my question across the country. That I was mean, my it, question. How do you see it going? Before we get you out of here, how do you see it going? Look, I I really thought, I've said it already. I think this game could go either way, and and I think it's going to depend on. It sounds so old, and it sounds like we're talking like it's twenty eleven. But I think whoever, which te whichever team runs the ball the best is going to win the game. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think there's going to be some points scored because LSU is just too good offensively. You're not going to stop them. Look, and that doesn't mean Alabama's defense is not good. It's just it's just the era we're in. If you've got an elite quarterback and elite receivers, you're not going to stop them. I don't care how good you are defensively mm -hmm. unless they just have an – unless they help you. Have an right. off night. Make drop a couple passes that they should catch. Like you know, Florida State and LSU. Yeah, I mean so. Yeah, I mean <laughs> right. so. Unless something like that happens, LSU is going to put up some points. But I do think Alabama at home. You know, Alabama's kind of got that. You know, I hate using the word revenge. I think that's a little bit overplayed in, in a lot of situations. I do too. But, but you know, I do think players want some redemption. I think that's a better word. Redemption is a little bit better because revenge is. I just don't like that word. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> Alabama's got some redemption. They're at home. Um, I think they're they're starting to play their best football of the season. 
And I do think it gets into the 30s, but it's the low 30s. I think Alabama squeaks out a 34 to 30 win. Okay. With that same thought process, let me ask you this. If Alabama wins, what is the Monday morning headline? If Alabama loses, what is the Monday morning headline? Well, if, if they lose, it'll be the same it is every week. Uh, the Saban dynasty is over. Like, I, I don't know how often that's going to be used. But right. uh, no, in all, all seriousness, if, if they win, I, I think it's more about uh, it, it's, uh, you know, Alabama reemerges as title contender. Mm-hmm. And, Why and did I we ever it, doubt Saban? That would be yeah, you know, something along those lines. And, right. and if they lose, it's it's probably has Brian Kelly overtaken Saban. Uh, you know, I know the West is going away, but you know, as the as the the clubhouse leader in the West, or you know, something along those lines. But uh, either way, I, I think the winner of this does go on to win the West. I know Ole Miss is still out there, uh, but I, you know, they. I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if A and M beats them this weekend. I would be on state with the way Kiffin's talking this week. I mean, I literally right here we go. We're doing picks right after you leave. I put a I put Ole Miss question mark taking a And M in points. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I just don't. I don't trust them. I do not trust them. I don't either. The only thing is, Kiffin does not like Jimbo, and he. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, it's his reverse kryptonite. Okay, it's right, his right. reverse kryptonite. He always does well against Jimbo. All right, I lied. <laughs> Last one before I get you out of here. Uh, Adam A. Bear <laughs> says Blake asked Stacy if Saban puts Vienna sausages in his gumbo. What do you think about that? Oh my god! I don't think uh, I don't think Nick gets anywhere near a stove. I don't think he does either. I'm, I'm, <laughs> did you? Did, he he made a comment last week. He doesn't even drink anymore. He hasn't drank since he had kids. That's what Saban said. What he said. Do you believe him? I. I can just picture. I, I think Saban's probably sipping on wine right now. Uh, that's what <laughs> you can't tell me that a guy that plays VR didn't have a glass of wine at Christmas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> all right, Stacy Blackwood, buddy, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can catch all your stuff. Yeah, uh, just head over to realtidewire.usatoday.com. You can catch us. I'll be doing some stuff later this week with the, the LSU part of the college wire. So make sure you, you check out that as well. Uh, Blake, it's been so much fun. I always enjoy catching up with you, man. I hope we can do this more often. Uh, I think it's going to, like I mentioned, I think this is going to be the best game of the college football season. I, I just think it's going to be, you know, incredible. Me too, man. I, I'm really looking forward to it. My anxiety level is always high this time of year, you know, so <laughs> I, I don't I don't like that. But, you know, the least, the less, the less amount of anxiety that I've ever had was last year because I'm like, look, man, that you know Bryce Young and then they won and then right. every other year it, you know I just, I don't feel good about it Stacy I don't feel I didn't feel good but nevertheless it's good talking to you buddy and we'll we'll catch up soon sounds good man all right that's Stacy Blackwood always fantastic I, that dude's so good man I I love having him on here uh was trying to get him on last week but you know he had some things and I asked him really late you know how I am man you know how I can get. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friend Steve Bean over at Bayou Daiquiris and Bayou Bowl to go. I'll give you my quick picks. We do that last and do that next. Don't go anywhere. Bayou Daiquiris at Bayou Bowl and Go is owned and operated locally by Steve and Lisa Bean. You can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive-thru is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive-thru daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914. 985-888-1914. Cause you know what? Daiquiris and crawfish. It's a Louisiana thing. For the full segment, you can go over to Rafino and Joe show to get my reasonings on these picks. But I'm going to give you a quick eight. The quick eight. USC in Washington, okay, faces off this week, okay? I'm picking USC in the upset. Why? Go listen to it. I don't feel like rehashing it. I just think USC is going to pull it out. Washington defensively, listen to this. Washington 
is 116th in the country in pass defense, I think Caleb Williams gets going. I'll run through quickly on some of these. I will give you, obviously, my LSU one tomorrow. You probably figure where I'm leaning on that one. Georgia over Missouri. Oklahoma over Oklahoma State, even though I do not like that one. Or like Oklahoma going into Bedlam. Uh, Texas over Kansas State. I just think that everybody around Malik Murphy, their new quarterback since Quinn Ewers has been down, I do believe personally that Texas is going to be able to rally around him again and, and, and beat K-State. UCLA over Arizona and Ole Miss over Texas A&M. But I am, even though I took it on Monday, I'm going to get the three and a half on Texas A&M. That's where I got the line at. If you want to buy the point, you should if you're going to bet that game. I smell a little bit of an upset brewing, but I, I just got to lean Ole Miss in a field goal game here uh, at home. We will see you tomorrow at 6. Keys to victory. Going to be a good one. See y'all soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.